Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Uh, Councillor Carl Byrne is in studio with me. Good morning, you, Carl. Good morning, Alan. Good morning to your listeners. We have two or three items to touch with you, uh, touch on with you. We're going to look at housing in just a little while. We also want to get your response to a call from a Fianna Fáil deputy uh, for an increase to the children's allowance. And we'll put that out to our morning mix listeners. What do you think of that? Raise the children's allowance to 19. Yes or no? Text us now or WhatsApp us on 87 But wearing your other had Carl, you are a solicitor by profession and you are like all of us baffled on a daily basis by what's coming out uh, of RTE at the moment and you've been looking at the latest uh, announcements what do you make of them? I am Alan um, to be honest I, I'm, I'm shocked um, It this uh, issue has now been discussed um, and has been public knowledge for about three weeks but yet at the moment it seems that on a daily basis uh, there's more and more damage and revelations coming out. So last night, for example, um, it was released uh, by RTE uh, in relation to the agreement that they had between uh, the public broadcaster and uh, Ryan Tuberty. That as part of that arrangement, um, RTE had agreed to fund um, the construction of a set, the event management and catering finger food and refreshments for 100 people uh, for three private events uh, that would be uh, ran in conjunction with Renault. And I really don't understand why uh, the taxpayer um, and public money uh, is being spent on private events, uh, exclusive uh, events, and I'm quoting from uh, today's Independent where it says that all events were invitation only and were an exclusive event for the dealership. Um, And I think that that's very damaging. particularly given the fact that uh, this issue has been discussed uh, in the Oireachtas uh, Media Committee for about three weeks now, but yet this information only came to light last night. And last week we had uh, the situation where senior executives uh, on the board of RTE were asked uh, in relation to the barter account, uh, is there one barter account or is there more out there? They said uh, at that committee hearing uh, that there was one account, but last night it came out uh, that there's more than one. And in fact, there might be uh, up to five with one and a half uh, million euros spent uh, from the barter account on hospitality uh, over the last 10 years. And we really do have uh, to get to the bottom of this. I think it's very damaging for trust in the public broadcaster that there's been a constant drip, drip, drip of information. I think that RTE executives uh, should come out. Uh, they should give all facts and information uh, to the Oireachtas Committee and be clear on what has happened. At the moment, we have a situation where uh, Dee Forbes, who is the Director General, who is in charge of RTE, who made these arrangements and signed these uh, contracts, uh, has resigned from her position and therefore it's not possible uh, for the Oireachtas Committee to question her. And I think that's very damaging. And maybe it should be the case that the Oireachtas Committee uh, is given more powers so that you can't simply resign from your position, a position which was uh, paid for by the taxpayer, Mm. where you made decisions on how public money was going to be spent and then simply not be available to answer questions. One of the reports that we've just carried in South East Radio News that is that Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly, his agent, are prepared to, to, to go before an Oireachtas committee, which is something your own party leader, Leo Varadkar, I, I, I think in one of the reports seemed to indicate he would very much favour. Uh, do you think that's a, a positive step? I do, and um, I think that the more information that comes out about this, 
um, is to be welcomed. I would particularly welcome the fact that the government have come out and said that there's going to be a full external review into all practices uh, in RT because there does seem to have been, in my opinion, um, a culture of special treatment for some people. It came out last night uh, that there was a a letter signed uh, to Ryan Tuberty that said that irrespective of how the station uh, was to financially perform and irrespective of what deficits there might be uh, in their books, that his salary wouldn't be reduced. And I think that's a crazy arrangement for anybody to have entered in. If you're in a business, Alan, uh, sometimes you have good times in business, sometimes you have bad times, but you have to have the ability to cut your cloth to measure the right. day. And to sign into an agreement where it says that irrespective of what happens here, uh, your salary won't be touched and you won't see any reduction. That seems a crazy situation for me. And I think it's very disappointing, to be honest. Um, I'd welcome Ryan Tuberty coming in. I think that's important and we get to hear from him. But the real people who need to answer the questions here are the people that signed off on this. In negotiations, uh, the first ask will always be the highest. And then the deal is struck. But the deal has to be agreed. Mm. And in this situation, the executives in RT who entered into this agreement, who struck the deal, uh, simply haven't been or haven't made themselves available for question. What's so been far. said to you on the street as a councillor here in Wexford from people? Well, people are this? struggling at the moment. Um, inflation is, is really hitting hard at the moment. I know the government have taken some measures uh, to do their best to try and help with that situation. But people can't understand the amount of money uh, that's involved here. Like, we're being led to believe that there's 150,000 a year on average being spent on entertainment and hospitality. That's not available to the ordinary people uh, that I represent in Anscorty. They can't attend an exclusive event where food is covered, drinks are covered, and um, there's entertainment laid on for them. But yet this seems to be in a big part of the culture in RTE. Most employers across County Wexford and aren't in a position to send people to the Champions League final or to the Rugby World Cup final. It seems to be very different in RT and I think that's very damaging for public trust in the public broadcaster. Because it is important, Alan, I'm a big advocate for local radio. I always try to make myself available when I'm asked in here. I think it's important that there's accountability. But yeah, at a national level it seems very different. and. It's important we have a public broadcasting service, but at the same time, right. the people who are in charge of it need to answer the tough questions. Do you think we're going to see a, a root and branch look at the licence fee, for example, to level the playing pitch, uh, to, to give organisations like independent TV stations, like independent local radio, uh, an opportunity to compete on a level playing pitch? Do you think that one of the offshoots of this is that the whole the government, of which you're a member of, uh, will look at this closely and may well revisit the whole area of what's going to happen to the licence fee? I think they're going to have to, and I think that um, RT is going to have to move away from the commercial environment that it's currently operating in. Because at the end of the day, if a private uh, broadcaster makes a loss and sustains a loss over a number of years, it'll go out of business. But in RTE, there seems to be uh, a kind of an idea there that irrespective of what the finances are, yeah. the show will go on. And that's not helpful, and that's yeah. not good, and that's not a good use of taxpayers' money. 
Right, as I said, you are a solicitor by profession, so it's uh, important to get a, a, a legal view of, uh, from your perspective. But now I want to bring you back to your, your council robes again and, and talk a little bit about some of the talking points. We're, we're putting out a call to our morning mix listeners. Uh, yes or no, do you think the uh, children's allowance should go up to the age of 19? Often you would have children in school. We were caught ourselves where my son was still in school um, and he turned 18. And I'm sure we're not the only parents that have been through this. And it is, for anybody, it's a loss when that €140 Euro goes out. Um, uh, there are a lot of people who are in that. Maybe that's one area they could look at uh, to protect children while they're in school, regardless of what age they are. But uh, this whole idea of pushing it up to 19, have you, have you had a chance to look at it? What do you make Yeah, I, I think it's a good idea, Alan. Um, at the moment, um, people will be familiar with the fact that at the moment uh, you're paid child benefit till you're 16 years of age. But that if you stay in uh, second level education, yeah. uh, you can continue to avail of it um, until you reach the age of 18. So what happens is that when the school stops, when you're 16 and school stops in the summer, uh, you're not paid the child benefit for the summer. But that once you go back uh, to secondary school in September, uh, you're able to back claim it. Now, I was one of those students, Alan, that started school when I was five. I was uh, fortunate to be in a position to go to a transition year uh, in the FCJ in Bunclody, which meant, because my birthday is in May, which meant that um, I turned uh, 18 just as I finished fifth year of school. So when I was doing my leave insert year, um, there would have been no child benefit uh, coming into our house. Yeah. Now, I think that uh, many of my friends uh, were the same age. So I was 19 years of age, just turned 19 uh, by about a week. Uh, when I was doing my leave insert. Yeah. And the reality is now that more and more and more uh, parents are sending their children to school when they're five and more and more students are available of transition year, which means that for a lot of parents, uh, when their children are doing right. leave insert, uh, there is no child benefit. And that's something that should definitely be looked so at. So what would your counter to the, the, the Fianna Fáil deputy, what, what would, your, would your counter claim to that be if a child is still in school or a young person is still in school turned 18 that the, the family should get the while they're in school yeah I think it's it that's your to amendment be, to what's being proposed yes I think you have to be in, um, in education in second level education to be available uh, to claim the extra year to 19 because the reality is that if you have left secondary school you should either be going on to further education uh, to an apprenticeship or taking up employment yeah. Um, and they're the opportunities that are available for you. But if it is a situation like so many people are in at the moment where you're doing your leaving cert, you're in your final year of secondary yeah. level education, you have either just turned 18 or are about to turn 19, you yeah. do lose out on that year. And I don't think that we should be... Uh, OK. I don't think... This might be controversial, but I think that if you're doing your leaving cert, your leaving cert... Sure, certificate should be your priority. Um, you shouldn't be asked to go out and find part-time uh, employment in your leaving cert year. Yeah. I absolutely fundamentally believe that it's important after you've finished your exams that people should be encouraged to take a summer job. But during the year of your leaving cert, that should be your priority. Right. Um, not having to go out and seek a part-time right. job. And that child benefit for that year would make a difference there. So your, pr your counter-proposal is for child... Uh, what about the 19 thing then? Not I, favor, I, I no? think that... Um, it should be paid to 19 if you're in secondary level education at 19. 
Okay. Now, finally, update on housing in Enniscorthy. What's happening? So, as you know, Alan, um, I'm very vocal on the issue of housing. I raise it repeatedly, both at district uh, meetings in Enniscorthy and also county council meetings. I have with me the uh, chief executive's report uh, in front of me from uh, our last uh, Wexford County Council meeting, which was two weeks ago. And um, people will be aware of the fact that Social housing in County Wexford and across the country is provided uh, by three different mechanisms. There's the direct build, which is where Wexford County Council directly build uh, council houses, social houses. Then you have the approved housing bodies that people will be familiar with, like Clued and Respond, uh, where they build and then uh, lease to tenants that are on the council housing list. And finally, you have where private developers uh, build houses and then sell them to the council either through the Part uh, 5 process or as turnkeys. And what I want to talk about, Alan, and something that I have continually raised at county council level, is the fact that of the three mechanisms to deliver uh, housing in County Wexford, by Wexford County Council, across the Enniscorthy district, there is currently no houses under construction direct bill by Wexford County Council. There's one house in Enniscorthy that's going to be finished in the next two weeks, but at the moment there is no direct build council houses being built by Wexford County Council directly. What will change that, Colin? Because I've heard you raise this on several occasions at council meeting. Uh, Do you feel as if you're batting your head against a brick wall? I do. I do feel I'm batting my head against a brick wall in this. Yes, there is social housing being delivered by approved housing bodies, and yes, there is by private developers. But the onus, in my opinion, to build council houses should be on Wexford County Council, and that they should be directly building council houses uh, across County Wexford. And the most frustrating thing for me, Alan, is the fact that Across County Wexford as a whole, there's 269 direct build houses underway at the moment by Wexford County Council, but there's none in the Enniscorthy district. And the Enniscorthy district, for the listeners, is a wide area because it includes Enniscorthy Town, Ferns, Munclody and all the villages are in that area. And I'm going to continue to raise this. I've been very vocal on it because I genuinely believe that the council should be the ones directly building the social housing. If... Wexford County Council come along and purchase 5, 10, 15, 20 houses from a private developer. They're competing with first-time buyers in that market and that's locking out first-time buyers from those houses because the council is competing with them and with the resources that the council have at their disposal and the money that's been made available by Dara O'Brien, the Minister for Housing, the council should be directly building. We can build 269 houses in other parts of County Wexford directly by Wexford County Council. We should also be doing it in the Enniscorthy area. Right, you have one more meeting before the summer break, haven't you? Are you going to raise that issue the next meeting? I am, and, and we have a new care lock now um, in Councillor Fleming, and I wish him the best of luck in the role, and thank Councillor Aller for his work uh, over the previous year. But it is something that I'm going to continue to raise and I'm going to keep raising it until we have a build programme for the Enniscorthy District. And I hope, Alan, that uh, uh, if I'm re-elected, that we will be able to invite you to do an outside broadcast at a direct build housing scheme in the Enniscorthy District in the not-too-distant future. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.